Welcome to Aussie Ambitions Podcast, where we meet with everyday Aussies that are pushing ahead with their goals and ambitions in life. Join your host, Scott Robert Springer, to explore the future of entrepreneurship, work-life balance, and reaching beyond your comfort zone. So stay tuned for some tips on living life the Aussie way. All right, welcome to the Aussie Ambitions Podcast. We have got a guest with us today who's on quite a journey and we're gonna get into it. Her name's Sylvia and she is a student at Griffith University, an aspiring psychiatrist, is that right? Yes. Excellent, welcome Sylvia, how are you? I'm good, how are you? Excellent, good. So appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to come in and see us. Um, Obviously we've been looking at different topics for the podcast and one of it has just been essentially student life and you know, all the different things that brings. So maybe just could you tell us a little bit about uh, what you're working on? Um, I'm just, you know, uh, undergrad, so second year at uni, and I'm doing a Bachelor of Health Sciences degree. So I have one year left, and then I get to sit my game side exam and go to med school for another four years. So. Okay, so that's pretty far along then. It's mm-hmm. like um, essentially, uh, like you said, it's a four-year program, right? In med school. In, yeah. yeah. And so what kind of things like are happening in the, in the classroom? Is it is a lot of textbook stuff? Is it online? Like, how does it work? Yeah. So we started with, you know, lectures and going to the uni and, you know, it was very practical. And yeah, when it moved online, it was very textbook based, you know, reading a lot and reviewing a lot. And Is that because of, um, sorry, is that because of like COVID situation and all that? Yeah, definitely. Okay. So um, where are we now? Are we back to normal like it would have been? or Yeah, it's like half-half now. So lectures are still online, um, but you go in for workshops or tutorials and stuff like that. It's really small classrooms. Like I used to sit in lectures with 900 kids, and now it's like 10. So okay. <laughs> in like tutorials. Okay. Um, and so obviously just the, the aspirations side of things, like would you consider yourself an ambitious person? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'd hope so. And has it been like that your whole life or? Yeah, my mom definitely ingrained that into me from a really young age. Yeah. Um, and I guess maybe you can tell us a little bit more about that. So where did you come from originally? Um, I came from a small town, well, <laughs> town, country yeah. town called Wangaratta. My parents immigrated to Australia at different times, but they're both from Serbia. Um, and yeah, I just, I grew up there. When I was 16, I moved here. And so, yeah, I spent my senior year of high school here, all the years of high school here. And then, yeah, I started uni. Okay. So you're basically your whole family relocated? Yeah. Okay. And what, what do you think of, uh, how was that? Because moving in the middle of a school, you would have been high school, right? Yeah, it was tough. Honestly, I didn't think it was going to be as hard as it was, but definitely in year 10 as well. A lot of, you know, people already had their friend groups and I kind of, I was, it was really nerve wracking. It was a bit of an adjustment, but. It was for the better. I love it up here. <laughs> so, so yeah. to, I guess the the weather and the beaches and everything oh, kind so of offs- nice. offset any kind of like social settlement you had to get nah, into. It was amazing. Best decision we've ever made. Sweet. Um, and so just on that front, the the finishing up of high school was that like was that one? It's like two years, right? You need to do up here. Uh, I or was three. It, only... it was ten, eleven, and twelve. Okay. Yeah. All right. So then you did that, and then was the automatic decision to go from here because you're here you settled with your family here and then because there is a university here you just considered that or did you actually look at other schools for whatever reason um well okay griffith is really good for just medical based degrees um so straight away i was like yep that's where i want to be i want to do that 
Um, I looked at University of Queensland and everything, but a lot of people recommended Griffith, and it's like 10 minutes away from where I live, so I was down to do that. Okay, yeah. so again, it's a nice little combination where you got the life is good here, but now this is where it gets interesting, because there's a lot of fun things to do here, mm -hmm. say, um, but you've got to work hard, I'm guessing, now. Oh, yeah. Right? Is that true? Like, are you, what kind of hours do you need to put in to your work and then the balance, like the chill time and then the sleep? <laughs> How does it all fit in? Oh, wow. Yeah. It's crazy. So I didn't think it would be, I thought I'd be much better with my time management, to be honest. Um, I study a lot. So every single day, minimum two hours. Um, I definitely skip some days, uh, but then, yeah, I have to catch up before exams. It's like an eight hour day. Um, yeah, it's a lot of studying. So what keeps you going? I mean, this is going to be cool for the listeners, right? So you've got people from overseas, different countries. They're learning about Australia, what life's here. But like how, I think it's pretty universal. How do people stay motivated to just grind it out? My mom. Um, she, she on is, you? Like discipline? Oh, like, yeah. Yeah. But also, I love it. It's very interesting what I'm learning. And I don't know. I'm always looking at, you know, where is this going to take me? What's my future going to look like if I put the work in now? And that really motivates me because I'm like, I really want to do well. I want to have a good job and be happy just with my life. All right. Straight to happiness. So yeah. like, it's a, I mean, I, I, to be honest, those are some of the things that even people that are seasoned and like experienced in their life, like they do all this, but they forget the happiness the piece. happiness, exactly. Yep. So um, do you get a bit of the balance? Like how do you have downtime? Well, I'll start really early studying um, and then I just try to get it. I try to do it sort of as fast as like not as fast but just normally it's the night times that i get off okay. sort of so i'll just as soon as i finish close my laptop and just straight into whatever i want to do okay so what well, that's cool so what kind of stuff like is it just like do you do the digital plugged in you know scroll through the phone or are you mm. outdoorsy what kind of stuff i'm very well i like to be outdoors if i've been sitting inside especially with covid and when it was online computer all day long so I had classes starting at eight, going till five on my computer. So I just want to get outside and go for a walk. I'll go for really long walks, put my phone away, just try to, yeah, zen. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah, look, I think that's that's probably a good thing rather than trying to, uh, I don't know, do something that's going to make you tired the next day. Or, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, is there, are there times where you could, because you're like, what, 19 or mm -hmm. so, right? So what? You could still go out in the nightlife here. Oh, yeah, I do. Yeah, it's <laughs> okay. great nightlife here. Is it? Yeah, it's amazing on okay. the Gold Coast. Awesome. It's like the best nightlife. I think people do know it for that. I, I mean, obviously, there's like lots of things to do, tourist life and all that. But um, what uh, is it more of like a weekend thing or would you try to fit in? Would you do something random on like a weekday? Oh, uh, yeah. So it depends on how I'm going for time. So normally it is a weekend thing, um, Saturday night. But, you know, if I finish all my studies and it's like a Monday night, me and my friends would be like, why not? Let's just do it. We've done that before. Even Tuesday night. We've done Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Nice. Uh, okay. Well, I guess that's, I guess it's back to like, you've got your, whatever the program is, you just kind of work everything else in. And um, are there times when you feel like there's a, a sacrifice where you're like, okay, should I? Oh, I've canceled so out? many plans, birthdays, just to study. And yeah, it's, it's a bit of a bummer. But at the same time, I'm like, I'm doing it for a good reason. Um, and there's some been times when I just, I'm like, I'm not going to study. I'm just going to go. Like the night before one of my exams, I went to my friend's birthday party. It was like an apartment party and we went clubbing. Um, 
wake up the next morning at 7 a.m. to sit the exam. <laughs> so, so, yeah. yeah. So, so, you could, so you're in charge, right? You, you can decide. Definitely. And then do you get a bit of heat from, like, the social circle, like, friends and, like, come on, like. Yeah. They're like, come on, just come out. You study all the time. But they know. They understand. They're like, yeah, you're very clever. We, we'll leave you to it. You know, you make the decisions. So. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Okay. So there's sort of, like, a respect thing or, like, they're kind of getting where you're going with this. Yeah. They're joking around. They'll be like, oh, come on. But, yeah. They know what I'm doing. Okay, so like temptation a little bit, but you're like, you'll draw the line. Definitely, yeah. Okay. That's neat. Um, again, you can imagine how relatable that is for most people. Have you linked up with other students? Like, what's your kind of s- circle with people doing the same thing as you? Yeah, so I met a lot of kids in my first year and I made a lot of friends. But obviously, as soon as COVID came, it was really hard to keep those, maintain those friendships. Um, but I definitely have. I met like one of my best friends um, in my degree and... We're still doing the same thing. So we really helped each other and we studied together. We, Yeah, it was really good to have her there. It's so important to have friends, I think, in university or just like a social group where you can relate about yeah, your degree and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, that's to- totally cool to hear. I mean, like you said, the class sizes sort of changed a little bit with this whole thing. But um, back to now, like in a typical classroom, what would be the class size? Yeah, like 10. Five. Okay. And is it because you're you're further on in the degree? Like the classes are bigger when it's in the I early? I think so. I do think so. That definitely contributes to it. But um, the main thing is COVID. So many people just, because they stream them live online while it's happening. So a lot of people just stay at home. So there's truly an option then now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They've really made it um, flexible for people because a lot of people liked online better than- oh, I can imagine. Yeah. In person. I mean, that's the thing. Like, And that's, you know, way to embrace that because- uh, companies with the same thing like never no company ever wanted employees to work from home i mean like my goodness we have to trust that they're gonna be productive and we can't yeah. monitor over their shoulder and now it's like yeah i don't know i think the i think the power has shifted to the you know the people that are actually doing it yeah so studying and whatever um that's pretty cool so when we look at um i guess the program in the it's fair to say that this is like a pre-med. So is it like a pre-medical pre-med, degree? Yes. And then you go into... That's what Americans school. call it. Whenever well, you... I see TikToks, they're like pre-med. And I'm like, yeah, that's what I'm doing. Yeah. Okay. Well, I can really relate a little bit. I did physiology. It's like four years physiology. So it's basically a pre-med degree. Yeah. Um, you get... and But you were telling me a little bit before about um, why you chose... Because I think you can get access to medical school a couple of different ways. But um why uh, why this particular one is it like yeah because you got to do chemistry there's a lot of thought going into this right. so um it's yeah it's chem bio um the one that i'm doing is actually really chemistry intensive because i'm doing a major as well um just in case i wanted to fall back on it and i wanted to do um this major because it's really interesting i'm doing toxicology so that's so much. It's chemistry, just all chemistry. Lots of biology too, but mostly chemistry. And yeah, the GAMSAT exam that you have to sit to get into med school, it's just chemistry, biology, and physics based. So and I think you have to do some writing as well, but the main component is the science. So, yeah. so I did a science degree. Yeah, I mean that, that's cool to hear because a lot of um, a lot of people do study and they have a hard time connecting that what they've learned with practical usage, right? Mm-hmm. You know, math math is a classic example. When you're younger, it's like, what do I need to know? Like calculus for seriously. But um, have you ever used calculus in your real life? No, never. No, I, no, no. I don't want to make any assumptions. <laughs> Maybe there's a lot of people that are. No, even when I went into my health course, I didn't think I'd need math, and then we had a math like a biomedical statistics course. 
And I was like, are you kidding? <laughs> but no, it's good. It's important. Yeah. Well, and that's, I think it's just about, if you're going to put the time in, do the thinking about like, all right, can you actually use this? In your case, you basically need it. you got to pass the G, is it GMAS? Is that what it's called? GAMSAT. GAMSAT. Yeah. G- GAMSAT. This is, well, I'm going to probably date myself, but like GMAT uh, or MCAT, I think is the North American one. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so, anyway, but that's a serious exam. No joke. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. It's a nine hour day. So, yeah, five-hour exam, nine-hour day. Yeah. Yeah, you have to be mentally prepared. So, uh, and do you find that you, this is maybe an interesting one, do you find that you retain knowledge? So something you've learned like three years ago stays with you? Yeah, if it's interesting, yeah, which is why I like what I'm doing because it is really interesting. And I find my brother's doing the same thing. So um, he's in his first year, I'm in my second year, and he's doing all the exact same classes. And, you know, I'll listen to his lectures and I'm like, oh, I remember that, I remember that. I've been sat with him in one of his um, exams and I was like, yep, I know the answer, I know the answer. So, yeah. Hold on, you sat in one of his exams? Well, you? yeah, I didn't help him, but I was just like looking at the answers, seeing if I could. Oh, okay. Wait, yeah. this, this isn't where it's like supervised by, like, how is that allowed? Oh, yeah. So online exams. Okay. They just, they just do know. it online. No, they don't know. Some of them are proctored, but um, I don't think first years have proctored exams. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Um, And so just with all of that, obviously, there's the hard work and you get to that point. Do you feel like there's any uh, anybody taking shortcuts? I don't know. I'm always curious in like life hacks in a good way and also in like that, ooh, that's kind of like dodgy. Mm. Um, Obviously, you know, fair is fair and, and that kind of thing. But have you ever caught on to something where um i don't know maybe it's like people have mm, i'm just i'll put it out there what i can relate to it's like back in the day people would have copies of old exams for example oh and it was sort of like an inner circle of like well if you knew somebody they had the previous exams and stuff like that um i wish and it's just yeah it's that that kind of thing but maybe that's just in technology now it's all probably digital and and there's ways to crack down on that kind of stuff but yeah with our uni as well they have like a really strict policy and they made the exams really hard to cheat on and everything like that especially my chemistry one <laughs> um, but yeah for me as well I was the first person in my family to go to uni so it was just I had to study learn it remember it yeah I didn't have a lot of help that's pretty cool so is there some I bet of like I would say that honor that goes along with that like you, oh yeah you'll always yeah <laughs> And then a bit of role model then, I guess, for... For my younger brother, definitely. Yeah, he always says he looks up to me. So I'm like, oh, very nice. Oh, <laughs> that's... That, well, look, I mean, I think these are parts of life, right? So you can, um, whether it's just role model for in the family or outside. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. Um, I don't know if you mentioned the, the, the culture, like uh, the family unit. So you they immigrated from another country. Mm-hmm. And what kind of culture? Serbian culture, it's very, whenever people ask me what it's like, I'm like, I don't don't really know. It's a mix of kind of Greek and Italian and like Russian. So, and even like Middle Eastern, it's a bit of everything. Um, It's just really, you know, tight knit communities, really close families. It's really good. I really love it. It's, um, we're all very warm and welcoming, very loud. So the the move from, uh, from Victoria, the state to here, uh, was it because was there already existing like cultural connections? Like there might have been a Serbian community here that was kind of like you know maybe it might just be one neighborhood or something. So my dad, he when he first immigrated here, he was in Brisbane, and then they moved down to Victoria when Gerardo, and then my mom had two kids over in Serbia, my sisters, and then her and my dad met over phone call. She moved down, and then she moved with 
my sisters and then they had me and my brother in Victoria. Um, and then my sister decided to come up here for university and my other sister would visit her, obviously, and we all kind of just decided we loved it so much and moved off here, but no, just to be with them, just to be with my older sisters. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, look, that that's an interesting story in itself, right? Like all the, a little bit of sacrifice and uncertainty, right? Like just getting up and moving. Yeah. We're, we're talking about like, you know, basically having to change jobs probably and yeah, all that stuff. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> um, well, good on them. So there you go. Mm -hmm. um, so obviously this is the topic that's kind of neat is the, the psychiatry part of it. Um, I can, I'm, I can share the the passion, I guess, the interest around why people do the things they do, both in good and bad. Mm -hmm. So, like, I come from the positive side of, like, uh, um, motivation. So, I guess early on, it's like, what motivates people, truly, like, from the psychology point? I mean, you could say it in the generic sense, but, like, I got into the textbooks around, like, what, you know, are people's needs being met? And, like, are they driven by money? Or is it social? You know, like, some pretty stuff like that. Um, psychiatry, to me, sounds like, it always feels like there's a a bundle of problems like I feel like it's more that like the clinical psychology and exactly you know trying to figure out what's going on I wanted to work with definitely more serious cases so yeah that's what made me sort of divert from psychology because I was like psychology is cool and everything I would love to do that but psychiatry my main my dream was to work in a psych ward with you know really pretty serious cases just because I really thought that that was so interesting. Very cool. Now, this is going to be like, I'm going to ask, where did you get that from? I mean, is, the, is it, you know, you just saw, saw, saw a movie or like a scenario or maybe a human, like a real role model that was someone that was like, yeah, yeah. just where, where well, did that come from for you? I, I spoke to one. I spoke to a psychiatrist and I was like, I really like what you do. And then I thought, um, I want to, I really want to help people. And especially I want it to be almost challenging, you know, where it's like I'm challenged at work every single day and it's really confronting. But I feel like that's really that has a big impact on people when it's super confronting. And I just I wanted to see where that would take me talking to people like that and that, finding out why and how and how to help. That's cool. I mean, I, I can imagine, and again, a lot of the the listeners and viewers would be people that are looking at career paths and how to choose, but not everyone has access to just jump in and start talking to professionals, right? Like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. How did you get, uh, now when you say you met with a psychiatrist, was it like <laughs> like a patient client thing or um, was it just like through a network and you're like, well, I'll just talk to that person and see. No, it can... was a patient and client thing. Sorry, was it really? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. We don't need to pry. Like obviously this is where we get into no, that's okay. that's confidential okay. stuff, but like, um, yeah, so fair enough. So you had had a chance to basically ask open questions about their mm -hmm. profession. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've had really bad anxiety for my whole entire life. And so when I went to speak to one, it really helped. So I was like, oh my gosh, I really want to help other people with the same sort of. Oh, wow. What I have. Yeah. No, hundred percent. Um, so again, that, that's quite relatable in a sense. If someone's experienced something, then they kind of know it firsthand. And then it's like, and, you know, maybe there is some, um, it sparks something where you like, mm -hmm. you can picture yourself, especially since you, and is it fair to say you overcome whatever that was? Yeah. So, so yeah. Because, oh my goodness, anxiety is something that gets everyone, right? Yeah. Yep. It can be like public speaking. It could be lots of things. It could be anything. Social situations. Yeah. And for me, when it, it it started to become just everything. And I knew I couldn't continue the career path that I wanted to pursue with that because it's such a heavy, you know, intense kind of career path. So I was like, you need to help yourself yeah, yeah. and fix it. 
and I did. And then when I, you know, figured out that people can help other people like that, I really wanted to be a part of that change. And I wanted, because I was sort of like, oh, I know what helps me um, feel better. So, and I feel like that would, I mean, that's helpful when yeah. you're like a professional. Yeah, no doubt. Um, so that's definitely the, the goal. Um, how many years away is that? Oh, nine. <laughs> it's a long time. Yeah. It's so nine from today, right? Yeah. yeah. More or less? Probably like eight and yeah. 11 months. Yeah, shave a few months off there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. And what happens then? I mean, that's probably a bit far off, but like, is it the type of thing that it's like a private clinic situation where you just, or you become um, Sylvia psychiatrist and you just have your practice somewhere and then, or is it part of a bigger thing where you like be part of a hospital, say? Um, I, yeah, I wanted to work in um, primarily a hospital. Yeah, just like a psych ward um, where you're getting patients just constantly coming in and out. Um, just because it's like, I, I've always wanted to work in those intense kind of, it's weird, it's ironic, like high stress environments, um, even though I'm such a stressed out person, but I just think that's so rewarding. Like at the end of the day, you know, when you go to bed, you're like, wow, I really did so much today. Um, I feel like the the trends are in your favor for like being able to help people because isn't it like massively in need? I, I think of course across the world, there's lots of things that it's on the rise and people, mental health mental is a big illness, thing. Mental illness, yeah. So like, um, yeah, is there, are the things you need to do in your personal life to kind of go along with the studies? Like is it the type of thing you need to volunteer, not you need to, but are people getting some experience along the way or is, good that, is it all theoretical? It's okay. definitely good too. Um, especially when you go, so when you seek GAMSA, if you get a good competitive mark, you can get an interview for a medical school all around Australia, wherever they send you. Um, and in the interview, I feel like it would be really, really good to have you know, lots of experience and have, you know, done volunteer work or worked in medical sort of institutions and stuff like that. I don't know. Because I feel like a lot of people that I've heard have been rejected from interviews just because the medical school is like, oh, you're not what we're looking for. So I'm always just thinking, what what are they looking for? Maybe it is volunteer work. Maybe it is experience. So that's, yeah, that's my memory of, of that whole uh, process is that you know, like on paper, you can have perfect grades, um, but of course they're going to consider how suited are you for this profession, right? Exactly. I mean, who else is going to filter you? They they have that control. Yeah, and you need uh, people skills. You need all that kind of stuff. Um, so uh, yeah, look, that's it's interesting. And then, do you look, I guess, beyond sort of Australia for, uh, I guess, this profession? Like, is there sort of enough here for you or do you look at all sorts of stuff you know watch youtube videos around the world i wanted to work in canada i do i love canada um i've never been there (laughs) but my friend is from there and she would just tell me the most amazing stories and show me the most amazing photos i was just like is this place real (laughs) like wow it looks so nice over there and i just feel like i mean there's a common myth i don't know if it's a myth but everyone's really really nice (laughs) (laughs) wow you're like uh, giving a huge plug for canada wait i shouldn't get a flag in here yeah um (laughs) But uh, were they winter photos or summer photos? I'm just curious. Winter photos. Oh, okay. But I love the summer. I've seen summer photos as well. Just Wait. like, I don't know if it's her or if it's the experiences, but she'll tell me amazing stories. And I'm just like, oh, I'd love to go there. Yeah. Oh, look, for sure. I mean, it's people live their lives there. I mean, there's like, uh, it's just a mix of society, just like everything else, very multicultural. But the, na- the nature part of it, yeah, that's not going anywhere. That's yeah. Like, uh, yeah. So I grew up in a small town too. 
Really? Uh, yeah, near like basically it would be like 15 minutes to go to the ski hill. There'd be like no one there, um, you know, or minimal. And so it's those kind of like, I don't know, it's just a different feel. So, but then now you city life and now that you've done a bit of both, you can probably do anything you want, right? Yeah. Um, and I'm sure those kind of things will transfer. Like uh, once you have skills at that level, I think doctor, doctor level skill, you could pretty much um, work anywhere. Yeah. But um, how about travel? So have you, have you traveled outside of Australia? So I've been to China. I went there when I was 15 for like a young leaders to China program. So we went there to just like help communities. We built roads. We taught um, children in small towns and communities English. And we just, yeah, just played with them. And we learned all about the culture in little tiny villages of China. We didn't go to like the wall or we didn't go to Beijing or anything. It was um, really, really authentic China. And that's, it's something that I loved so much. I'll never forget that experience. It was amazing. For sure. What yeah. what age roughly was that? 15. 15. Yeah. Um, so I was young. <laughs> yeah. But like the, there are these kind of programs where it's like young leaders or um, it's, it's meant to, how, how did you get that? I mean, was it? Oh, so, well, in my, like my high school offered it, but you needed to um, have an interview with the principal and someone, I think it was someone from the actual school student leadership and yeah, you had to have good grades. You had to be physically fit enough. Um, and then they chose eight kids from my school, and I was one of them. Yeah. And so you meet with, I think it was thirty-two other kids. So there was eight of us. So it was forty in total. And then they prepare you in Australia. Um, and we were actually in like a really cold part of Australia. And they for three weeks, you just kind of learn about the culture, learn how to, you know, be. And then we just off to China for six weeks after that, where it was hot. So it was a really different, really different environment to what I'm, we were used to. I'm interested that they just, they screened you for physical fitness. That's quite interesting. Like, yeah, I yeah. I understand like, okay, they want, they, have, they can't take everyone. So there needs to be some criteria. I could imagine it being at, perhaps academic or showing some leadership potential. So that, that um, and you were one of the eight, right? Mm -hmm. What was the physical fitness part? Did you have to you, do sprint or? Oh, we had to do a lot. So it was hiking, it was cycling, it was swimming, it was everything. We had to do a lot of physical activity, which was, yeah, it was interesting. Lots of hiking in China, especially because we had to go see a lot of the just like statues and whatever else. We, yeah. yeah. Do you remember the the area? Like I know China. Yeah, we went to Guangzhou. Yeah, for sure. That's yeah, that's Guangzhou. Yeah, um, and it was Shenzhou. I think it was in Guangzhou, and yeah. then it was a tiny little village called Heishan. Right. Okay, so you've seen small village. Yes. China. Well, look, this is like the type of stuff that I mean, you uh, you take what take it in while you're there, right? Mm -hmm, and yeah. you learn from it, and it was insane. I went without my family for the first time ever. Yeah, no and, they weeks. and they let you go. My mom, yeah, it was so strange. She's such a protective person, and she was just, <laughs> yeah, she was like, yeah, go do it. It's a really good learning experience. So it's funny. Parents are funny. Like, what uh, you have to like learn how the mind works. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah, she was just like, I think you learn so much from it, and I definitely did. That's neat. She was right. Um, so just on the fun side of things, do you find yourself? Like with the psychology and the psychiatry, like looking at people being like, I wonder, and like, you know, the inner workings of people's minds, like different scenarios. Every single day. Yeah. Cause I work in customer service at Kmart. So I talk to so many people every single day That's great. and you'll meet some really odd ones. <laughs> and yeah, always I, I'm just like, what's going on inside your head? I wonder what you're thinking right now. 
Wow. Okay. So you basically have a part-time job in addition to all this. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Like yep. how, how many hours? Like eight hours a week? Max? Uh, like 20 at the moment. That's that's a lot. It's Yeah, but it's good. I like what I do, so it's good. It's not like I hate going there. Some days I do, but yeah. Mostly I really like it. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, at some point, would you have to wrap that up? so that you can focus on maybe other things like career-wise or like I'm always curious how people um, do. I mean, obviously it's just, uh, it's good, like you said, for uh, you know a little bit of paycheck and then social, you know, like you said, it's just you're out there and seeing people. Mm-hmm. Um, would you wrap that up at around the time when you need to do the, um, the exam or? So yeah, basically you need to finish your degree. Oh, actually you don't need to finish it to see the exam, but I'm, that's what I'm going to do. Um, and yeah, mm. I feel like when I finish my degree, I'll have plenty of time to just sit down and study for the GAMSA because I'll just have to be working or whatever. But yeah, it's intensive study as well. So I've heard from people like five hours every day for about six weeks before the exam. Yeah, wow. Yeah, and that's that's them, you know, just passing it as well, not getting a competitive mark, having to sit it again. So yeah, yeah I don't know how it's going to go, but for now I'm just like... <laughs> so I guess for people listening in, just to get a feel for... Um, your path in Australia and and I know um, like medical schools let's just say it's probably the, one of the most difficult along with other professions like I think architecture and there's, there's some that are pretty full on to to do that path but is it uh, did anything come easy to you or was it actually like full on effort at every stage like you just had to actually pretty full on throttle yeah. to get where you are no, I'm going to be honest it came pretty easily like yeah. I I really like studying. A lot of people don't, and that's sort of their downfall because they don't want to do it. I loved what I was learning from get-go. Like, as soon as I sat in the first lecture, I was like, oh, yeah, this is really cool. It was full-on. It was a lot of work, but I don't know. For some reason, I was just like, I really, really like it, and I wanted to go look at it, and I wanted to go review it. Um, And obviously, you know, it it did die off a little bit just because of the workload, but still. Um, I definitely think that my biggest sort of hurdle is going to be getting into med school. Um, it's one of the most challenging things that people do. So it's so competitive. And so that's, yeah, that's ahead of you. And so that's not far off. That's like a year or two at the yeah, most, right? I know. It's scary. <laughs> um, well, uh, you know, I think it'll be cool to see and we, everyone's going to be cheering you on, right? Um, family, friends, community. Uh, and, and, uh, and yeah, and then we'll be calling you doctor. Oh, wow. Yep. <laughs> the, uh, you know, some of the things like, there, do you feel like there's any controversial topics in, in the field that you're looking to get into? Like, I'm just thinking psychiatry. At the moment. Oh, psychiatry. Yeah. Um, especially with, because psychiatrists, the whole point of them is sort of they prescribe medications. Um, and yeah, there's obviously the whole um, kind of controversy just with the addiction mm-hmm. as well sure. to stuff like opioids and whatever you got painkillers um it's yeah i think it's a really detrimental sort of profession and i think it's so important but even i have been kind of really looking into it and being like is it what i want to do is this what i want to do do i believe in this is it you know ethically you know correct and everything like that um yeah cuz a lot of people they want to be quick to sort of judge and they're kind of like, oh, psychiatrists, you know, like they kind of just prescribe medications nowadays. They don't really even try to help. They just want to prescribe medications and, you know, they don't really care about the patient. So I don't know. I kind of want to change that and I kind of want to be the change and 
really focus on helping in all aspects, not just prescribing medications. For sure. Yeah, that, I, I'm hearing that a lot with people have a really good sense of, maybe it's just in Australia, I haven't been, <laughs> been outside for a while, but the idea of wellness, right? Like mm-hmm. overall, you know, if, whether it's someone tr- training a high-performance athlete, um, yeah, okay, we're going to train you for a high-performance athlete, but by the way, we're going to work on your mind. <laughs> exactly, yeah. It's, it's like, about right? overall health. That's what I believe in. I don't believe in just the absence of disease, getting rid of the illness. That's it. Like you're treated, you're done. I think you need to look at every single aspect of that person's health. And I learned about that, like spiritually and physically, mentally, everything, environmentally. Um, <laughs> do you mean like when you learned about it, is that like just a firsthand experience or you learned, you, you've had some somebody uh, introduce you to that, some of the effects of everything? Yeah, one of my courses was Health Challenges of the 21st Century. It was one of my favorite. Um, and it, yeah, it just introduced us to sort of um, the World Health Organization's perspective on health versus the medical perspective and how doctors are looking at it nowadays. So interesting. I took a lot of interest in like pharmacology. So um, yeah, I have to do that course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty full on. Like when you think about, I don't know, I, I kind of would come up just to paint the picture of people that don't want to get too technical, but it's kind of like lock and key type stuff where it's like, you know, there's a certain uh, effect in your body. And if you have the right molecule and the right drug, basically, you can kind of um, counter that effect and you kind of get through that. But then there's probably something else. So it's sort of like a train reaction. Yeah, and, and it comes with its side effects. Yeah, exactly. Right. Which is addiction just commonly nowadays. And it's so, again, it's really, really detrimental. It's having such an effect on young people, old people, people of all ages. Um, yeah. And it's really scary, honestly, because it's like our doctors are sort of the ones enforcing that. Mm. I'm just going to, I'm just got this piece of paper in front of me. I'm just kind of drawing a line. I'm thinking of like the, the psychiatry world of things that are fixing things that have, I don't know, whatever it is. It's people have been addicted to drugs and you need to intervene and you need to like, you know, reverse that path. And then there's maybe the more stuff that may be more biological, like people have just struggled their whole life with, I don't know, depression or like, you know, it's not something they've done or through external factors, it's just sort of a biological thing. Like mm-hmm. They might have highs and lows and mm-hmm. uh, lots of things. Do you feel like, I mean, we might have covered it already, but do you see yourself on one side or the other around? Yeah, mine's more the, the biological side, just because personally that's where my anxiety came from. My mom and dad have it, and they kind of came together and made me. So um, to have that really severe kind of chronic cases of anxiety. And, yeah, I went to a lot of different professionals, and I was never, ever prescribed medication and I overcame it so I was kind of like yeah I feel like drugs are they're important the drugs are really important um and they're made for a reason obviously but I think that my main my whole like outlook on it is just like we can help people in a different way Mm. and yeah obviously some people really they need that's why I wanted to do psychiatry because there's cases where it's not avoidable like you need to prescribe but yeah I just I think that's good. Yeah. I mean, especially things when people aren't don't have the luxury of knowing how the body works. It always it always makes me smile a little bit in the sense that um, I imagine people going through their whole lives and not really knowing how their body works. I know things yeah. like nutrition or like I mean, yeah, there's temptation that gets in the way, and I get it, but lifestyles and whatever. But um, yeah, to, for people not to know like the effects of how diet 
can affect your mood or right you know, or know. anxiety you know like this whole idea if you went for a run and got a bit of exercise like hello there's like circulation happening and these natural i find it insane the amount of people i've met and they just have no idea i'm it, like how do you have no idea <laughs> it should be i mean let's just you know don't tell people what to do but yeah. like wouldn't it be better if everyone knew that kind of stuff early on in life exactly like school age kids maybe i feel like we'd just be healthier as a world um, definitely so yeah, the, the brain is... Is it all in the brain? Is that what we're talking about here? Yeah. It is, right? It is all in the brain. That's my belief. Right. 100%. All right, so what happens if we get this Elon Musk uh, Neuralink implant and it controls <laughs> it all externally? Does that make your job? Obviously, do you know much... Have you, ever, have you heard much about that? I've heard not a lot, but, you know, it's something that I hear and I'm just kind of like, okay, you know. Uh, <laughs> well, no, I, we, we don't, don't want to put it on you too much, but essentially, like, there's technology, right? And so there's things that, that will come in and let's, let's just say that it's all meant to be helpful so i guess that we'll just see how it goes there's ethical stuff i'm sure mm -hmm. many waivers yes <laughs> um, but there's a lot of external factors around um let's just let's just say devices right so people are spending a lot of time on phones and i can see a link between phones and social media and anxiety so maybe back to you with that one 100%. what would you how do you push those things to one side? Like, Do you think, actually, just to clarify, do you see any negative effects with like your own personal experience about devices and 100%. screen time? They, they're such an important device, I think, to have, obviously. And, you know, technological advancements, it's, it was going to happen. It was ine inevitable. But um, it, it's so detrimental to your health, 100%. I've had to delete Snapchat and Instagram while I'm studying, even when I'm not studying, just because... Yeah, it just it's so insane how the number of likes or what someone posts can affect someone else. Just, you know, celebrities nowadays and they can Photoshop anything they want to look however they want. It's just it's having such a big impact on our young kids. And I you see it, you know, they're, they're so influenced. They really are influencers online. They influence so many people and some don't really understand how how it affects the people that are viewing it. Yeah, exactly. So there's not I mean, you can see things changing, like obviously the Instagram used to have the, the like counter, right? You could see how many people and... I think that was a great change, yeah. <laughs> and But it's obviously like an admission of like, okay, we know this is probably not good. Exactly, which and, is good. But it's, it hasn't really changed too much, I don't think. No, not a lot. It's, the mechanism is still there to... Um, you know, put your filter on and like yeah even when you were asking me if i do a lot of social media i have so much anxiety about even posting one photo i'm just thinking who's going to see it what are they going to say and then i look at it for too long and i'm like oh it's you know it's ugly i don't like it anymore i want to delete it Is it does it fit with the theme and it's just i feel i feel really really judged i feel like we all do with every single thing that we post um it's hard not to feel judged yeah yeah that's again uh, this would be hopefully relatable for people to just think about um, you know, their overall being and like happiness back to what you mentioned earlier and all that. But, um, yeah, just, just be in control. I, hopefully people are taking that message. I think that's yeah, the biggest thing is to be in control of it. As soon as you start losing that control is when stuff gets rocky. And yeah, I have to limit myself to, you know, my phone. I'm not allowed to go on it all the time. I don't go on social media a lot. I've stopped going on Instagram a lot just because that was like the worst one for me, honestly. Even Snapchat, like I see a lot of messages from people and I'm just, I don't feel like answering those messages. I just have anxiety about talking. One thing that makes me laugh is if you look in the apps once in a while, I'll go through all the settings and figure out like, okay, what, what's going on with 
these apps recently. We just looked at TikTok because TikTok's crazy addictive. I love TikTok. Yeah, it, it is. Yes, it is. And like, yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean you can easily dismiss it. You know, older people can dismiss it and say, oh, it's just like in the next thing and whatever. Let them have fun with it. But if you really look at it from a marketing point of view, holy, it's yep. like crazy stuff going 100%. on. 100%. With the programming, it's sort of like this interface of technology and so social, you know, uh, yeah, social wiring, basically. So anyway, but in the apps, um, there's sort of like this digital wellness option. I don't know what you call it, but it sort of warns you if you've been on the app too long, I think. Oh, really? Have you seen that or not? I don't know yet. <laughs> so again, it just makes me laugh because I think that they're trying to just get away with it for a little bit longer. Yeah, I saying, see that. Well, well, you know, the apps are like, you know, they need to keep people on that thing and they're going to get yeah. as much ad revenue as they can. So in the meantime, they're like, well, we've got that option where you can switch it on. And I think that has its expiry date as well. Like people will get used to that, but they'll they'll still become addicted to it. They'll still find a way to, they'll find a way around it to be like, yep, you know, there's always a way around it with addiction. So you mentioned, yeah, so we covered off on the natural side and I think that's, that's a cool um, and lots of help needed for sure. Like just biological uh, or maybe, you know, situations that arise, but not like a uh, chemical dependence that has mm -hmm. been introduced, right? But on the, uh, somewhere in the world of psychiatry, there is still a place for, uh, drugs, let's just say, like mm -hmm. not not uh, not the stimulating drugs that are causing problems, but um, like treatments. Like, is there still a place for it? Or hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. There's there's definitely cases, like I was saying, where you need it. Um, there's a lot of doctors that don't believe in that. They're like, nope, you never need it. You can kind of just. But I feel like there's a reason that they were. There's like conspiracies around that as well. People are like, you know, it was made by the scientists to make more money, oh, to make you sick. Um, yeah, but I feel like smart people made them for a reason, for good reason. I just think that the way that it's, the way that people use them, or more so like abuse them these days, is why we're in an epidemic. Mm. You just mentioned sort of a bit of that conspiracy. It, it makes me laugh a little bit in the sense that, do you feel like maybe yourself or your generation, um, are you sort of raised with a bit of skepticism? Like, are you coming into this being like, okay. This is a story. Um, yeah, my mom is, she's anti-vax, um, anti-everything. She, like, believes that Bill Gates is going to microchip all of us and whatever. Like, she's one of those people, which is so, oh, it's interesting because, you know, I'm, I'm learning the opposite. Like, all everything I'm learning, it's like, no, full trust. Vaccinations, 100%. Like, all of this stuff is 100%. Believe in it. Believe in it. Science. Like, yeah. I was raised in a very religious household as well, which contradicts everything that I'm learning because it's like, you know, I'm learning about the Big Bang Theory and evolution and all that kind of stuff. Sure. Science. Science. Exactly. Um, but, yeah, my mom is, yeah, she's one of the conspiracy theorists. That's a fun little uh, Especially in the times of COVID. Oh, my God. Yes. COVID was a very interesting time because... It was just like, oh, it's fake. It was made by the government. It was made by this. It was designed in a lab. And I was just like, yeah, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, look, I mean, I, I like I like it when the world gets along. And I think it's uh, it's unfortunate when people just, oh, you know, lean on something so harsh. It's like, you know what? If you want to believe something, just let it be. It's just like, why? <laughs> I would, I would... Or, <laughs> or do you find yourself like it rubs you the wrong way and you're like, no, like. It you, did. It did. And then I kind of had to pull back and be like, okay, but, you know, you have to understand that 
whatever she's just i guess wants to believe what she wants to believe yeah. and but, <clears throat> i mean oh my like i bet it's the interesting it's not just one person right like there's there's so absolute camps of people that are like on this side and that side it's and, rude i thought it was just her and then i was actually like watching what she was watching and i was like oh my god there's people that believe this yeah i mean uh, i mean again even just having some, some kind of media format like what we've got here um you know, people are going to be like pulled in one direction or the other, and mm -hmm. it's sort of like it's it's I, as long as people are coming together to like be civil and uh, and move things in the right direction. Like, if people can be helping, so you know, you're on the science path, helping on the other path. You know, there's you know, there's spirituality. There's lots of stuff that that, heard of that, that almost have like a little bit of overlap. Um, but yeah, when you try to force like your opinion or your beliefs on others. That's never going to end well. No. Either way. It never ends. Yeah, exactly. And I, especially, that's like a psychological thing as well. I definitely think it's like no matter how hard you sort of try to enforce something, especially when a person's older, like it's not going to work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the older thing. But um, look, I mean, covered a lot of really cool stuff. I mean, uh, anything else like in, in the realm of balance? Like obviously, I, I, I'm... I give you full credit for the achievements to date. You've traveled, you know, on the, the leadership program. You've done the academic thing. Um, in just for the people listening in from overseas, does Australia have grades? Like, is it A, B, C? Mm -hmm. And so you can be a straight A student. Is that how it works? It's here? weird here. So, in high school, it was all A, B, C kind of stuff. It was just like that. And you, you know, you either got an A, you either got a, well, it's like A plus, A minus, obviously. But um, then when I go to uni, it's like percentage based. So it's like you either got, you know. 86%, 90%, whatever. Um, but then they convert that into a different score, which is your GPA. So right. GPA... Is it out of four still? Out of seven. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, in America, it's like out of four. Here, it's out of, it starts at four. So passing is four. And then it starts at one, our GPA. But that's like fail. I don't know. There's different levels to failing, uh, okay. I guess. So seven is the top. Seven is the top. And yeah, for med school, you need a pretty high GPA. I think it's 6.5. Um, yeah, so in uni, you get your percentages, you do an exam, you can get like 80%, 90%. And 90% is like an A, and it's like a 7 GPA. So that's like a 7 grade, Yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah, well, it's again, so confusing. It's a different system, but it, it sort of shows that if you're from another country and you wanted to come study here as, a, as an international student, you might have to get your head around, you know, how that all translates. I think it's, yeah, as long as you just kind of, what I, because I didn't get it at all. I didn't understand how it worked. I was just like, just study hard do the exams, whatever. And then I kind of picked it apart and I was like, oh, so this is how I'm going to get this grade. This is how I'm going to get that makes sense. Like but this like, is. But like on an exam, you would still get like a percentage, right? Like, oh, I got 90% of that exam. <laughs> yeah. That kind of thing. And then you, like the uni takes that as anything above 85% is a seven. Below 85 is, I think 75 to 85 is like a six. And then 65 to 75 is a five yeah it okay. goes like down like that but yeah and then the uni will take that 90 percent convert it to like a seven and then overall for your course if you get like a seven for that course and you have to do four courses if you get sevens across all of them then you get a gpa seven if you get like one six and it'll be like a 6.75 or something like that yeah yeah but it's a it's a numbers game right like you need the average you need that uh, so you do call it a gpa gpa yeah we call it gpa and so you need that plus the good uh exam score exam score. for the uh, med med path Yep, they look more at your GPA, but you need to get a competitive game. So that's going. It's a hard exam, so I can imagine getting that competitive score would be really, really challenging. Wow. Um, 
So again, just on the the international side of things, is the the type of thing I've heard about a lot of Australians. Sorry, a lot of people internationally come here to study for, mm -hmm. for just lots of things, um, exposure to the culture. But do you feel like your class mix is partially international? Yeah, it's amazing. It was so fun, like meeting people from different places. We have so many international students. A lot of them live on the campus, obviously. Um, they have their own area. Okay. And yeah. Obviously, obviously living away from home by themselves, like no family or whatever. So they're here and yeah. it's part of like a dorm, like they can just sleep there. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, some of them. So I've met one. She's from, I don't want to get this wrong. I think it's Dubai. Sure. Um, but yeah, she's doing the same degree as me and she's living with one of our friends, which is how we met her. But yeah, it, it was so interesting. Like she moved here to do that degree and loves it here just just came here for the degree that's it <laughs> so i was like okay well there's i think there's a lot to be said i mean we do try to highlight a lot of the positives that, about being in australia and some of the cool things and especially on the innovation side so um and so griffith is the university but they've got this medical environment right it's um, gold coast university hospital i think that's our medical school yeah and so it's all kind of here you can study and stay here and exactly yep it's really really good i really like griffith um yeah, it's amazing. And do you think, or do you know that uh, once you get through and you get your credentials, can you actually, could you return back to your small small town and uh, work, and uh, roll this out there? Or could, could you work in any state you want? I've definitely thought about that. Yeah. So when you obviously achieve your doctorate and they kind of just send you anywhere, um, especially for medical school. I knew um, a doctor and she started at Griffith and went to Deakin University in Melbourne for medical school and then came back here. And yeah, she's here now practicing, but... Yeah, I've always thought of the possibility of maybe being sent back down there and I would do anything for the job. That's the thing. That's kind of what motivates me is I don't really mind where I am as long as I'm doing what makes me happy. Mm. Look, uh, that's a, a really helpful attitude, I think, because you're focused on the helping bit and then it's everything else just adapting and uh, maybe time and place. You can you want to live your life as well, Yeah, obviously, over the, over the duration. Um, but I think that does speak true to the doctor's profession, uh, medical doctors, in that um, there's not everyone wants to go to the country to work, I think. Mm -hmm. And so they have to have placements. And I think it's tough when you're picky like that with stuff like med, which is like, you can be obviously, but just like, it would be more challenging because, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's just like, it's, I think that's an interesting one because you have your, your central mission, but then you really have to be okay with living away from, maybe it's the place, maybe you grew up in the city, like you're from Sydney and all your family's relatives. But, but your placement is in like a remote, you know, mm -hmm. somewhere in the Alpahack or something. Who knows? Yeah. I don't know. I guess there's a, probably a conversation about who's, uh, how to make it all work. So it's just an interesting one. I feel like it would be hard to get used to if you weren't ready for that. The, yeah. The balance of it. Just kind of, I'm lucky because I've like lived in very different sort of environments. So I'm just like, I'm ready for anything. Ready yeah. For anything. <laughs> okay. Well, look, we covered a lot of the topics just on the, on the personal side. So we've you've got this, this really uh, clear path actually. So um, is there anything else? Is this sort of like a, well, let's see if I can fit this in over here. Is it um, a, maybe a bit more travel or, um, yeah, I don't know, or like a, a little hobby? I don't know. So, yeah, that was like the main thing as well for me last year is I felt like I had no life. The only kind of life that I felt like I had was on the weekends when I would go out with my friends. And my hobbies are so important to me because I'm so interested in like a hundred different things, especially art. Um so I I did want to make time for it. I definitely am going to make time for it. I was going to take a little bit of time off and just really focus on myself. Um, I might still, I don't know, you know. Um, 
but yeah, I think that having hobbies is so, so, so important, especially when you're working so hard, especially when you're studying so hard because it helps you disassociate from that really hard, just intense studying environment to something that you really enjoy and really like doing. That's neat. So yeah. And it's a different, perhaps it's a different part of your brain, should I to say? Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm trying to think, painting, art. So I'm like, I'm more of like music. For me, playing piano or something is just like, even though I've practice heaps and heaps but it's like a total disconnect from anything exactly you know calculated or mis business like so yeah um very very cool um and then with the the time off so you, you potentially could actually step away from the path even if first like if you, once you get the the green light to go ahead could you potentially buy yourself a bit of time before starting into medical school do you think yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's like um that's why i want to just sort of sit games that after i finish my degree because there I have time. I've got a degree under my belt. I can go work um, in that field if I want, which is why I did a major as well, because that's something that I'm interested in. I could do that. Um, I know a lot of people that go, like, finish their degree, work full time for, like, 10 years, and then will sit the game set and go to med school when they're, like, 40 years old or whatever. So, yeah, that's and, always a possibility. Yeah. Well, there you go. Lots of options to consider. And it uh, sounds like Canada might be on your roadmap. Yeah, I'd love Somewhere. to go there. Just, have you ever skied or anything with the snow? Or yeah, not? yeah. When I in Victoria, we have snow. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. We used to go every single winter. And, yeah. Have you ever heard of, like, Mount Hotham? Um, I haven't. Uh, there's a couple, like, the Olympic really sh Olympics shone a lot of light on the, the people that were really good at the snow sports. Um, yeah, is that a big mountain? Yeah, there's all the mountains down in Victoria. There's a few, I think there's about. Yeah. I hope I get this right. Tora, is it Tora Bright? She was a snowboarder, I think. And there's there's a lot of really um, great hills. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but there's some local ones. It's really like the athletes are at. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, even here, I think we have one. I think it's Perisher what? or something. I don't know. Oh, no, oh Perisher, that's the one. Uh, yeah, no, that's, um, I think that's New South Wales-ish. Yeah, it's know. down this. We'll we'll fact check on that one, but yeah, amazing guys. There's snow in Australia, just in case you didn't know. When I moved here, I, I sold all my stuff, and I I really tried to be aware of like I had just like oh, there's not gonna be enough snow. Yeah, I know. It's I was surprised that there was, and there's so many people that have never seen snow, especially ones that are born and raised here. Yeah, yeah. If you move here, don't sell your your winter jacket and <laughs> keep your snow gear. Pack your yes, way. absolutely. Awesome. Look, uh, Sylvia, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure. Uh, wish you best of luck in your journey, and yeah, happy to keep you updated uh, as we go. So thank you so much for having me. All right, wonderful guys. Just in the comments field, if you want to um, share some of your personal experiences, um, I think it's just an interesting mix of student life and uh, just uh, all the all the fun things that comes along with that, and the challenges and the opportunities. So thanks again, guys. Take care. Hi everyone, thanks for tuning in to the Aussie Ambitions podcast. We appreciate your support and welcome your input. So if there is a topic that you would like to see covered, please let us know via our website, aussieambitions.com or any of our social media accounts. And please subscribe to receive all of our updates. We hope that you picked up some helpful tips helping you to get to where you want to go. And if you've got a story to tell and are able to come for a visit, definitely get in touch.